0: Well, across this term we're going to be opening up uh, the book of James and we're going to be doing it under this uh, title that I've given it, The Subtle Art of Living Well. I want life to go well. I want life to go well for me. I want life to go well for my family. I want life to go well for my friends. I want life to go well for the community round about me, even for people I don't know. I want life to go well for new life. And I want to do what I can to make life go well. I'm the kind of person that that wants to make plans that will make things go better. I'm the kind of person that is determined to see things through until they go well. I'm the kind of person who goes around and finds loose ends and tries to tie them up and bed them down. I'm the kind of person where I want relationships to go well. I want them to be fixed up. I want them to be smooth. I want them to be peaceful. Where there's procedures in place, I, I want them to be we tightened up, especially at the start of a new year. It looks like an opportunity where I want to find a new strategy that will make life sing. Now, I haven't yet gotten into Marie Kondo, but I imagine she's the kind of person that would... uh, uh, the Netflix series would be something that I could probably get excited about. I actually haven't watched one yet. But I've had my own uh, little moment of finding a strategy for this year that's going to make life go well. For almost the first time in the five years that we've lived in Ngunnawal, I went into the laundry over summer. And I have taken on a laundry overhaul at the Smid House. And while Naomi and the boys went back to work and to school, and I still had a few days of holiday at home, I built new. I pulled everything out of the laundry. I built new shelving and uh, came up with a system for what four boys. who are getting bigger and bigger and seem to have bigger and dirtier clothes, a system for what they need to do with their clothes, where they need to go in, what they need to go through, where the clothes pop out at the end and then the instruction for what to do and it is an amazing system. Now I couldn't take a photo because our laundry is actually so small that when you stand on the other side of it you can't take a photo of anything other than the door or the washing machine. Um, but this system is in place. It's the kind of thing that I go, life is going to go well. Now, this is the kind of thing that I want to do for the whole of life. I want to do this for church. I want to do this for community. I want to do it for the whole world. And I feel like then life will go well. But it won't, will it? You know it won't. My laundry system, it'll fall apart when we get the first week of rain and the gastro bug goes through the whole house. There is not a strategy that'll make life go well. Now James, as I've been reading it through over weeks and months now, James is showing me something that I already know. Life does not go well. But James is opening my eyes to something else that I need to know, and that's this, the subtle art of living well when life is not well. This is what I'm going to call wisdom. Wisdom is this subtle art of living well. Biblical wisdom is more than knowing stuff. Biblical wisdom, being wise, is living out what you know in the world with virtue and steadfastness. The majesty and, and beauty of a, a Beethoven score. Beethoven was a, a famous composer from a few hundred years ago. Um, if you've never been completely amazed by classical music, but a Beethoven score, its majesty majesty and beauty is is not in the score that is written down, it's only realised when it's played by a wonderful orchestra. Wisdom is like that. With what we know, its majesty and beauty is realised as... We live it out as we negotiate each moment of every day with delicate skill, with a subtle art. And this is what James helps us do. In, in the world, while he was writing in the, in the first century to Christians there who were coming to understand what it was for Jesus to have come into the world and now for them to live as Christians... James helps us to do it now. And as we read it, you're going to see that there's something here for everyone. Anyone who reads James will find uh, pearls of wisdom here. But the grand perspective for understanding James and a grand perspective for a life lived well, it starts with a Jesus-centred worldview. You see, James writes, we can see in chapter 1, verse 1, we're going to read the chapter in a moment. James writes, describing himself as a servant of Jesus. James exists to serve Jesus' purposes. You see, Jesus came into the world from God to deal with what is not well in the world. Jesus came and took this unexpected path to a cross where he died. He went into a tomb, but then he was raised. Raised from death to new resurrection life. And he ascended into heaven as the, the king, the eternal king, appointed by God over everything. And through what Jesus has come into the world to do, he holds out a hope for life that is well and a life that goes well into eternity. Now this is the perspective that James has and we have as we work out the subtle art of living well. So let's have a look at James 1. Have you got open in your Bibles? James, chapter 1, verse 1. If you're using the church Bibles, you'll find it on page 854. Now, I've upgraded my Bible over summer, uh, not to new language or uh, anything like that. Bigger font. I've got a bigger font Bible, but you can't buy Bibles anymore that are the same version as the ones that we own here at church. The New International Version, which was uh, written down and printed in 1984, there was a good version of the New International Version that was printed in 2011. And if you go to a, a, a bookshop and buy a Bible now, it's got 2011. Many of us who have got new Bibles in the last uh, five years or so will have an NIV 2011. The Bibles that we hand out to our young people when they graduate from New Life Kids are NIV 2011. And as they keep bringing along their Bibles that we've given them to equip them for youth ministry and listening here on Sundays, they're reading from the 2011. If you come to our church services over in the church building, our Bibles over there are all NIV 2011. NIV 2011. Uh, I'm not going to try and jump between the two, and so when you hear me read from the Bible uh, this year, you'll find some uh, small differences, usually involved in uh, language of brothers and sisters, uh, is the most uh, noticeable difference. So if you hear things a little bit differently, uh, that's what it is. So James, chapter 1, verse 1, we're going to read the first 18 verses. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance." that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant, Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because, having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all He created. Now one of the things we're going to pick up straight away from James is that he knows that life is Is not well. It's right there, right at the start in verse 2. An expectation that there are going to be trials. We face all kinds of trials. When James looks out at the world, James sees the same world that you and I see, just in a different time. A world full of trials. If you want to flick through and follow a few verses with me, You see there in verse 9 that James expects brothers and sisters will find themselves in humble circumstances. He's not just talking about a character trait there, but your position, your station, your situation, your circumstances in life will have you in a position of humility. Verse 12, James expects that some people will see sustained trouble that will require them to persevere. Over in chapter 2, verse 1, here James uh, addresses those who will be mistreated or those who do the mistreating in unfair favouritism. James expects that there will be a discrimination in the world. Chapter 2, verse 5, there will be those who are poor. Chapter 2, verse 15, there will be poverty. Chapter 4, verse 1... As James looks out on the world, on the people round about him, as he listens into the homes along his street, he knows that there'll be conflict and broken relationships. Chapter 5, verse 1, there'll be unfair distribution of wealth. Chapter 5, verse 8, he's, he's going to give us some wisdom because he knows that there'll be times where we have to wait for our needs to be met. Chapter 5 verse 13 he's going to give instructions for living with and living through times of trouble that have been caused by sin and times of trouble that are caused by sickness. James expects trial. Do we? Do we expect trial? Do we expect hardship, trouble, trouble? Suffering? Do we expect that life is not well? Let's be honest about this. I'm not going to ask you to tell anyone anything, but just be really honest with yourself. There are self help strategies all around us on Instagram and Pinterest and on Netflix and on Time's best-selling books, self-help strategies that teach us to be unaffected by bad stuff that might be going on round about us. It is a very popular self-help strategy that I find myself living with at different times, that yes, bad stuff's coming, but I'm going to ignore that it's there. I'm going to focus on the positive. I'm going to keep telling myself that it's not as bad as it could be. I'll compare myself to other people. Well, at least I haven't got it as bad as that. Or I might fill my life with distractions so that I don't notice the trial that is there. Now, let's be as honest as James wants us to be. Life is not well. And James calls these trials... They are external things that happen to us. These are trials. It could be getting sick. It could be having a car accident. Breaking your arm. Being gossiped about. Having your washing rained on. Can you think of a trial that has happened to you this past week? Something that has happened to you that has caused you hardship? It might only be this big, it might be this big. Where did your trial come from? God might have sent it along. It might have happened just because of the way a broken world impacts on us. It might have been that the trial that came on you was a consequence of your foolishness or even your sin. The the Bible says that trials can come on on us for any one or all of uh, these reasons and almost always we don't know exactly which one it might have been. Yet, what James tells us, all trials are used by God for His good purpose, verse three. God uses these trials, whether He sends them or they're a consequence of a broken world or they're the consequence of our foolishness of sin. God takes it and uses it to test and to grow and to prove our faithful dependence on Him. Verse two. James writes, "Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters." Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And then down in verse 12, verse 12, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. And the crown of life is talking about eternity with God where life is well and life is, goes on as well uh, forever. And the test, when the trial comes on us, is to not give in to an internal pressure. Uh, the internal pressure is temptation, which James talks about here. A temptation, it is our internal response from within us to sin. That when an external uh, pressure comes on us, our internal pressure is to give up on God's ways. You see, God might bring a trial on us from outside... He has nothing to do with the temptation within us. That's our own. Verse 13, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. It is possible for you and I to face external trial without giving in to internal temptation. And this is what James wants to guide us in. James guides us in the subtle art of living well when life is not well. And what that looks like is captured in the first couple of verses. Let's go back to verse 2 again. This is what the subtle art of living well looks like. Verse 2, consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. A life lived well in this world when life is not well is a life of perseverance. It is a life with a life of sticking with God and His ways. That even though external things come on us as trials and afflict us and give us hardship and give us suffering from losing my car keys through to falling into the deep and dark pit of depression. Every single one of those, and in between, the subtle art of living well is perseverance. The perseverance of sticking with God when those pressures come on us. And God is using that to grow us to maturity. Verse 4 that we might be complete, that we might be not lacking in anything. And this, verse 2, is pure joy. C.S. Lewis observes this about humanity in his book, Mere Christianity. All that we call human history, he says, is the long, terrible story of humanity trying to find something other than God which will make me happy. You see, this is modern day self-help strategies. We want to focus on the positive. We want to fill our life up with a distraction that will make me happy even though that the trial is going on round about me. I want to ignore it. C.S. Lewis, he observes that the terrible story of humanity is trying to find something other than God which will make me happy. But what James is telling us is that when we seek God out, Living well is not about life going well, living well is persevering through trials so that we might grow to maturity, that we might be who God wants us to be. My default thinking is like this, I think that when I get my life going well then I'll make progress in stuff. When I get my family going well, then we can start to make progress in discipleship and living God's way. When I get my office and my desk and my filing system uh, sorted out and going well, then I can start to make progress in ministry. When we get new life going well, then we can get going. It's the wrong kind of thinking. What James is changing me to see is that it starts now. Living well starts now. Living well starts now for me. Living well starts now for my family. Living well starts now for New Life Presbyterian Church. Living well is not about life going well. It's persevering through trial so that we might grow to maturity. And as we see ourselves moving towards this goal, even in the sad reality of trials, we can know pure joy. Knowing and seeing that God is working out His good purposes for us and in us and in one another. So how can we learn this subtle art of living well? I want to leave you with one thing. One thing that's going to move you along in this subtle art of living well. And it's in verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom... You should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. God who made this world, God who lovingly made you and I, God who rules over this world, God who knows how every bit of this world operates, God who knows every bit of trial and temptation that might come our way, God is the one who generously equips us for living in this world, generously equips us for persevering in the midst of the trials that might come upon our way. God is the one who generously provides for us to grow us into maturity. And so the starting point for you and I today, the starting point in the subtle art of living well, is ask God for wisdom. It's, it's the easiest step. Almost no part of it depends or relies on ask but to ask God for wisdom with a single-minded dependence on Him. So this is what James warns us about in verse 6. He warns us about looking like we're committed to God's wisdom, looking like we know a few Bible verses, looking like we want to be a godly person, but then behind the scenes, secretly devoting ourselves to the ways of the world. He says it like this in verse 6, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Put put the whole of your dependence on God because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. We ask with single-minded dependence on God to give us wisdom. We're going to face trials. Life is not well. And in the face of these trials, be it sickness or feeling lonely, going through relationship struggles, dealing with stress, your family not going well, work being miserable, school is not fun, ask God for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom to keep resisting that internal temptation to grumble and complain. Ask God for wisdom so that you might see the true value of the trial that has come upon you and that you might have pure joy. Ask God for wisdom so that you might know how He is working out His good purposes for you. Ask God for His wisdom so you might know the subtle art of living well. Wisdom can seem out of reach in our world when we talk about wisdom. Wisdom can seem out of reach in the church. It's something that might be reserved for intellectuals, people who can read lots of books and read broadly and widely. Wisdom is for those who can pursue spiritual disciplines. Wisdom is for those who have really broad experience. Biblical wisdom, the wisdom that James is leading us to, is in reach for you, for everyone. You can know the subtle art of living well. And our starting point ask God for wisdom. James says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him.